continue with the operation, you may fire when ready. Hello, welcome to episode... Oh shit, I could better check what episode it is. <laughs> well, that's a brilliant intro. Hello and welcome back to the Weekly Song Podcast. Roger will have the episode number for you in just a second. Uh, 34, is it? Episode 34 of 34. the Weekly Song Podcast, yes. Fantastic. You join us in a bit of an odd episode this week. Um, you may have noticed we were a bit late in getting this episode out. There is a very good reason for that. Basically, yes. uh, we lost the previous episode, so we recorded it ready to go out on Wednesday, and then I got a text from Roger saying, oh, I can't find it. Because, uh, you know, I think you said something like your system crashed or something? Something happened during the recording process which made the recording files just lose themselves. And I'm not quite sure what happened there, but... Um, which basically resulted in us having to uh, re-record today. Um, so we've already heard each other's songs, let's be honest. Let's let them behind the curtain. Yeah, so this is going to be a slightly different uh, tone and feel this week. Uh, just in terms of, like, there's no surprises. It's just us talking about the music again and maybe covering a couple of points that we didn't get to beforehand. Hmm. Um, and, you know, already we don't have a background buzz in this version. So technically we're doing all right. So long as you don't lose this version of it, <laughs> we'll be doing dandy. Absolutely. It's, uh, al- it's almost like a nice fate because last time, like you just alluded to, we had this horrible microphone buzz that was audible for the entire podcast. So it's almost like a blessing in disguise that we actually lost the podcast. Yeah. And for anyone who's not listened to the Weekly Song Podcast before, what we normally do is every week we go away, we each write a song. Sorry. And how dare you? The one time I introduced this segment. Uh, we go away, we each write a song without showing the other one. We come back and we play them for each other. And uh, we then discuss what uh, went on with the songwriting that week. What anything we'd like to particularly talk about and allude to. And maybe get the questions from new perspectives from the other person who hasn't heard it before. Uh, like we said, slightly different this week because we've already recorded the episode. So we already know what each other's songs are going to be. But you don't. No, that is very true. And uh, so as we did last time we recorded this, (laughs) um, for the second time now, I'm going to be going first this week, I believe. Exactly. I look forward to it. I'm going to go over to the piano and get ready. Cool. Awesome. So I'm over at the piano now and I am ready I don't believe you. Prove it. (laughs) You can see me. I still don't believe you. Prove (laughs) that you're at the piano. stop music (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I'm going to play my song for you uh, this week Um, it's called Untitled Number 4 woo woo and um, purely because I couldn't come up with a title for it and whenever that happens and the song is quite disparate in its lyrics I tend to just call it Untitled and then a number and I've had three before this this is number four so um, it all makes sense here goes nothing Recognize that old familiar sting 
shift of course I'm listening to talkative walls And in the same old mass that I've been using to score Every time I spend my midnights thinking about the view from the top of the wall Even though I never really liked it at all Give a fuck so much and then I find it bizarre Every time I listen to what my walls say Meet you outside in the lobby, you start to dispel every moment with poncho I took for myself. The sweetness that honestly, honestly makes me see somebody else, not the rumors I tell to myself. And now you know that nothing ever happens at all, except of course I'm listening. Talkative walls and in the same old mouth that I've been using to score Every time I spend my midnights thinking about the view from the top of the wall Even though I never really liked it at all I give a fuck so much and then I find it bizarre Every time I listen to what my walls say Shit There we go. I still love that song. Thank you. Like I actually burst out whooping and cheering last time we <laughs> recorded this. It was so good. So, um, one thing we didn't mention earlier was that for this part of the songwriting challenge, we actually had a sequence of notes that we had to fit into the um, uh, song, which I think was D sharp E G F D. And we could change those notes... Uh, like what key they were in but the distance between them had to be the same mm, that's true and we could change the rhythm and such so those notes sound like this and as any keen-eared listeners might have heard I used that in sort of a uh, bluesy jazzy lick uh, so I actually used the D sharp as a ghost note and I played it like this and then, and then you put the second half of that on there and that just seemed to seemed to be the brother riff to the um to the first one and um it was funny because um and uh I'm going to be alluding to the last episode a lot because I can't help but do that yeah. but what I said to you last time is that I'm so used to playing in like that natural sort of like that sort of slow it's a very on the beat kind of mm and like a balladic sort of feel that's where I'm most comfortable and I can really like write in that way and I was trying to kind of like do that with with these unusual collection, this cluster of notes here. And I was like, okay, I'm trying to fit this in. And eventually the song took me in a different direction. And uh, what came out was something I didn't even expect. I didn't expect to write this jazzy, upbeat, clicking sort of song, you know? Yeah, it's like not normally your um, modus operandi, but it really suits you quite well. I want to hear like the full band version of this. But, yes. Uh, I, like, I was just thinking like you could almost like just do like... Um, you know, Manish Boy, where you can really hear the room, you can hear people like shouting, woo, yeah, in the background. Oh, yeah. Something like that would be really cool. That would be actually very cool. Um, I've decided to record it since we did the last episode. Woo! Woo! Hooray! And do like a, like a quote-unquote... <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. And do like a quote-unquote like full band version of it, but um, uh, let me think. Uh, what did I talk about last time? Um, well, where so did the lyrics come from? The lyrics come from... Um, 
basically, um, it's a so another song about um, breaking habitual patterns and trying to do better things for yourself. You kind of find yourself doing things that maybe aren't the healthiest things for you um, mentally or physically or whatever. Which is something that has been cropping up a lot in your songwriting recently, particularly songs like Daiquiri and Billy's Courage are like uh, mm. shedding your old skin like a weird kind of personality snake <laughs> to become the new you. I think you just named the episode, right? <laughs> a weird kind of personality snake. Um, very much so. Like, I mean, that's been a theme for me recently. Basically, as you just said, shedding my skin like a weird personality snake. Um, <laughs> um, basically, just um, trying to be as self-aware as I can about my own personal um, habits and tendencies. Because and, I, I have a tendency to... <coughs> sorry. To sort of... Uh, take criticism very personally, I've noticed. All artists do. Yeah, I suppose so, but also just in my personal life, it's like, at work and that sort of thing, I just, it can be a real barrier for me, and I'm trying to learn to not give a fuck so much, which is why that's in the chorus. And um, so, one way I tend to, and this feels like I'm entering a therapy session now, but one way I tend to cope with criticism... And how did your father feel about this? <laughs> Um, one way I tend to deal with the that sort of criticism and stuff is I try to make everybody else feel good and try to like go, oh, you know, I'll put myself out there for other people to the detriment of my own like Being. well-being. Yes, exactly. And so that's where that lyric comes from. I sweeten everybody till I don't have any life of my own. And so the first verse all kind of alludes to that kind of stuff. And when you're when you're with someone sometimes and they can recognise that you have felt. Um, critiqued in the past and they can tell that you actually they see that sting in you that you felt um you know defensive or whatever so that's what the um the old familiar sting line is about and then the chorus is kind of like it takes it on a more jokey sort of tangent where it's like saying um where i am right now nothing's changed you know i'm in my mid-20s and i still live in my family home and we'll be moving away soon and that sort of thing but um and starting my own like independent life but nothing ever happens at all, you know, and I'm staring at like these heights and these things that I want to achieve and these ambitions that I have that actually haven't happened yet. And um, just kind of like, it's just opining and reflecting on the place I am now physically and mentally. Mm. And then the second verse is about going to London with someone who I am going to London with soon and I'm looking forward to it and about seeing all these things that I'm talking about through somebody else's eyes and seeing that they kind of might like me just for who I am naturally. Which is kind of cool when you use like a, the waltz structure to uh, highlight someone else's viewpoint. Mm. Like it helps break up the song a little bit so it's not just all um, like the same thing all the way through. You've got uh, these kind of cool tangents and it really helps sell that they're different verses, different ideas going on there. Definitely. And um, one thing I, I try to do is, like, incorporate that idea of another person's point of view into that same, like... And it, it was just too jaunty and upbeat to kind of convey that. And like you say, I like to kind of convey, like, a different personality or character or, or verse with a different, you know, time signature, you know, a different chord uh, progression, that sort of thing. It's kind of like a very proggy or slightly... Zappery thing to do, like just to go off on a limb and just go and do this weird thing over there, yeah, and then come right back to what you're doing uh, a minute ago and just jump all over the place. Which is, if you can get like 
uh, a group of musicians to do that together, it tends to be quite cool to listen to. It's very exciting, isn't it? It's like, yeah. I always think with recorded music and live music, of course, as well, but I'm kind of more into the recorded aspect of it. I always think, like, the two tools you really have are, you know, broadly speaking, time and sound. And if you can really change the sound over the course of time to, like, really rip the listener's attention this way and that way, you're going to create an interesting product. Yeah. So, um, and also, like, I, what I find most exciting creatively is when multimedia or multi timbre is used like we both like that series don't hug me i'm scared which you introduced me to yes and the yeah. way they change medium so often like is a really interesting attention drawing thing it's kind of like the cognitive dissonance of like you've got these fuzzy felt puppets and everything and then they'll be eating like uh like raw meat and raw organs <laughs> and cake and everything or you know you'll then have like uh implied rape scenes or you'll have a like uh you know computer animation that suddenly crosses into the uncanny valley mm. and uh, things like that um don't check that out if you're a kid <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ please do not check out don't help me i'm scared if you are young or easily disturbed mm. if you're an adult and you can look after yourself fantastic go right ahead yes um, but we've been obsessed by that for a while haven't we yeah it's, it's everything it's funny it's so well produced and well done and yeah uh, but back yeah. to your song. Uh, I think last time you were talking about some of the chorus chords you were using. Yes. God, you're doing well. <laughs> I'm just forgetting all of this stuff. Um, yes. Um, so you want to talk about fuzzy felt puppets <laughs> eating organs. Um, so in the chorus, <coughs> I, Sorry. I'm really happy with the chord progression. And I get like a lot of... I don't know. I really enjoy playing this chord progression. Um, I'll play it and then I'll kind of like say how I wrote it. So it basically... Um, I'm not even going to name the chords. I mean, unless, unless you can right off the top of your head, but I'm not very good at this stuff. So it's that sort of progression, and um, it comes from one of my favourite progressions, which I've realised this week since we recorded the previous podcast, that it's um, it moves in fifths. Okay. Um, so you're going... Uh, or does it? I'm probably wrong about that, actually. Anyway, um, it's basically D minor, G major, C major, F major, um, B diminished with a D minor on top, um, E major, inversion, A minor. I was going to say, you've got some cool substitutions and inversions and jazzy chords going in there. And I noticed in a couple of points you're playing, uh, to clarify for people who haven't heard before, the way Roger normally plays his chords on piano is he plays the root and the fifth in the bass and then the three notes in the top hand, his right hand. Mm. I noticed you were playing three notes in your left hand. Are you including like a slightly more unusual notes there as well or is this just a trick of the angle that I'm sitting at? I think it might be a trick of the angle but I'm playing more notes per chord than normal just because um, some of them are like four notes in the le in the right hand and two notes in the left. Mm. Having said that, I'm still not really branching out left hand wise because like I'm still kind of just playing my first and fifth. You know, when I'm playing that G seven type of thing, I'm playing just literally G and D in my left hand. So you're still leaving like all the suspensions to the top of the chords and everything. True, and also and I must correct myself. I apologize. I am playing three notes in the left at one point. I'm playing B diminished in the left and D minor in the right. Which is like a B diminished seven? Yes, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, 
And uh, yeah, but I was just so pleased with that chord progression. It's almost like a bit of a cheat in my mind because whenever I sit down at my, because I have a piano in my kitchen, I like drink coffee and, I, and it's like right next to me and I play it just messing around usually. Mm. And although I write on it sometimes, like I'll just end up sort of half jokingly sort of like, you know, just playing. Just because I think that's such a sweet chord progression that moves around so nicely and I'll just end up kind of playing those kind of chords and it just feels like that's just me mucking around drinking coffee and playing around so to include it in a song kind of feels like a cheat but it, I think it works well so I'm happy to keep it sort of thing. It sounds really cool as well as the um, sort of jazzy sort of side it sounds like um, uh, a little bit I know you're not too mad on this guy but Jason Mraz on his album like Mr A to Z it reminds okay. me a lot of that which um, is always a good thing because I love that album I love mm. uh, like particularly his vocal lines on that and like the way the chords sound a bit more sophisticated than on some other stuff he's done, like um, you know, I'm yours and things like that. Sure. But uh, it reminds me of that. It puts me in that headspace, which is always a really nice fit, uh, place to visit. Absolutely. I mean, it's I can kind of I haven't heard too much outside of the singles, but that sort of like the me where the melody kind of like goes all over the place and weaves through the chords. You know, nothing ever happens at all except a chord song. Do, 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 do. Um, I can kind of see that in what you're saying, actually, um, which is, again, unusual for me to do that, because I'm usually, I'm quite, I take steps with the chords, no, no, steps with the melodies, as opposed to kind of like making it swung and crooner-ish, you know? Yeah, well, it's not crooner-ish, I'd say. Crooner-ish would be like this. It's oh. like... Yeah. Ugh, I feel dirty after doing <laughs> that. I think, you, I think you pulled it off, I think it sounds good. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's... All I think I said last time about the song, and all I can think to say this time, unless you can think of anything else. I think that's about it. Cool. cool. In that case, I think it's time for your song. Damn. Which is a really good song, I actually already know this. Yeah, I, I'm less enamoured with my own song. Well, we'll switch over and we'll have a listen to Declan's in just a second. Right, this is my song this week. I've done literally no practice since the last episode, so this <laughs> is still going to be awful. Um... It's called Footprint in the Dust, and if I can remember it, it goes like this.
second time isn't it funny I don't know if you got this with mine but I got it with yours hearing it for a second time you notice different details yeah it's like because you, you've already heard you've had the shock and awe of like hearing it the first time hopefully the shock and awe hopefully a good shock and awe <laughs> yeah. um, you can then focus on the little details of it mm, definitely I got more of like the lyrical um, direction of this one this time um, whereas, I don't know about you, but whenever I watch somebody's song the first time, I'm kind of looking at the guitar or the piano, seeing what chords they're doing and it, stuff. I'm exactly the same. Yeah, like, like usually um, at open mics, I don't even look at people's faces. <laughs> yeah, like when I go and see bands live and everything, like everyone is looking at the singer, like doing something over there. I'm looking at the bassist, like looking at his yeah. fingers. Like, okay, so you're not just playing roots, fantastic, you're actually playing melodic passages. Now, what are they? <laughs> <laughs> now, what, yeah. Give me your secrets. Um, yeah. Um, seeing as you mentioned the lyrics, I think we may as well start there for yeah, this yeah. one. Like this is one of the few times where um, I actually worked out what I was going to do lyrically, like uh, as I was doing it. Because normally I just write until the song's finished, mm. and what it ends up being about is um, kind of in the lap of the gods. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. But um, this time, like I wrote myself the first verse which was um, I sometimes think what would you say if I flew off the earth and everything mm. and wrote all that kind of stuff uh, you know just about me wanting to go away and do new things and everything so far so every single song I write um, and towards when I got to the end of the first chorus I thought well I can't really continue this because I've said everything I want to say and I've been listening to um can't remember what I said I've been listening to, but it was something. It was Frank Turner, actually, wasn't it? Because of the yeah. um, there was a song called Silent Key where he switches between um, uh, viewpoints of people and Thirty Nine uh, by Queen, which uh, again it's like a similar idea, like um, traveling off through space, and then you sort of see the consequences of him going off to travel through space. So, like, this is Baby's first dual viewpoint song. <laughs> so the first verse is, like, the viewpoint of someone going away 
to set up their new life and the uh, second verse is like the person back at home saying well why did you leave mm. you know was I not enough for you were you not happy here mm. like um, I think I've got uh, a Doctor Who reference or two in this song as well which is always quite happy when I can do that which I said to you last time mm. which is the line um with wheeling birds and orange skies so far unseen by man. In the very first episode of Doctor Who, uh, one of the first companions goes into the TARDIS and says, like, oh, I can't believe it. This is incredible. It's bigger on the inside and everything, and his mind is completely blown. I mean, you travel in space and time, you're an alien? And the first Doctor says something along the lines of, if you could travel to a distant planet and hear the cries of strange birds and watch them wheel in another sky, would that satisfy you? Mm. which I always like the sort of melody of that line and sort of the way it falls through with evening birds in orange skies mm. and orange skies is because uh, the doctor's home planet is Gallifrey and in the show Gallifrey tends to have orange skies tends to when they could afford to do the effect <laughs> right um, that's uh that is a really lovely lyric um, and I know we're both like a little bit nerdy when it comes to things like this, but I love it when I hear somebody's song and then I realise that there's a, a reference there as well. Yeah. You know? I think that's really nice. Yeah, it's, it's nice when that kind of thing happens. What's the other one? Is there another one as well? Um, I can't remember if I put one in, another one in. Oh, wait, I think that's kind of like a semi-reference. I can't remember what it was, though. I know there's footprint in the dust and everything. Uh, yes, that was it. I remember yeah. now. Because mm. um, in the revival series of Doctor Who, one of the companions at one point says, like, uh, oh, I want to travel the earth and feel the sand between my toes and everything. Mm. And I liked the idea of that line, but I couldn't really get it to fit. So it eventually morphed into being footprint in the dust, which is kind of the same idea. Yeah. But then I realised after writing it as well that it's kind of like, uh, you know, Neil Armstrong's footprint is still on the moon. Mm. Like, so that just clicked in my head, like, um, you know, no matter how far, how much time passes, so long as there's no atmosphere up there, mm. his footprint is going to stay out there forever and he's going to, he's made his mark mm. on, you know, something outside of the earth. Definitely. Which is kind of, it's me trying to justify something after it turns out that I've written it, but, mm. you know, it's in my head, I like it. That happens though, doesn't it? Like, post analysis type of stuff yeah I, uh, and then you try and justify it and say no I meant to do it all along <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah it's that's, that's another funny little argument like what can you claim you came up with because often afterwards you go hey that was a great idea I'm not going to tell anyone I didn't come up with it but <laughs> um, and the sequence of notes that I had to get in which mm. um, I tried it's obviously that main riff the I did try doing a version which was up here, the hmm. something like that, but I couldn't get it to work. Like uh, it, um, it was too high for me to sing. Oh, okay, right. Which is why it's the piano is so down here with all these like really deep chords. It's just because that's the only place I could do it. Because if I did it up here, it sounds a bit too happy. Sounds very Freddie Mercury when you play it up there. Um, 
Sorry, you don't you don't say Freddie Mercury to me while I'm at a piano, otherwise <laughs> all sorts of strange things happen. I'm gonna stop right there. Isn't he talented? <laughs> Freddie was talented, yeah. Um But yeah, I just worked that into the main riff, and that's also what got me thinking about that song Silent Key by Frank Turner, because it's got um a similar sort of vibe to the riff, like a down 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 bow 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 bada 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 bada. Mm. Um, it's off the album Positive Songs for Negative People I recommend you check it out but um, uh, yeah that kind of like informed the structure of it because I've sort of like the idea of doing the riff first and then going into your verses which admittedly are nothing special they're just D minor G minor C repeat um, there was a a bit to the Pre-chorus, uh, I said I get away. Well, twenty hours far enough. Um, originally, what I'm playing now is G minor, then A, C, and D in the right hand, and A in the left hand. So that uh, is like A minor sus four, I think. G minor over B flat, and then on the end of it. A7 over C sharp. That's nice. Originally, what that was, was G minor. And then raising the G to a G sharp. So I think that becomes G sharp diminished. So it would have gone... Said I get away. 20 like is far enough. Do, 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 do. But uh, I, as you can hear, I can't sing over that. Mm. So uh, it just immediately got cut and replaced by that chord, which I prefer more, I think. Mm, I like that chord. Plus, I mean, the chords you have now, I think, produce a better melody or like a stronger melody, perhaps. Um, but I like the chords that you had before as well. Like I said last time we recorded, the fact that that's like an artifact of the writing process is kind of a cool thing. Mm. Um, I had a question about um, the way you have two different perspectives in each part of the song. Um, was that like in your head from the beginning or did you decide that sort of like by the time you got to the second verse during writing? Uh, it's by the time I got to the end of the first chorus I thought, well, you know, I can't really write another verse about, uh, you know, the wanting to leave thing because we've pretty much done that already. Mm. Which then I sort of got interested in... Um, trying to do the reverse viewpoint. Mm. But uh, also now you say that, it's like I've, I was, I'm a little bit sad that I had to change the... Um, uh, that I had to change two lines of the chorus. Oh, yeah. Because I do like, you know, I've said this before, I like the idea of like keeping the cor- either keeping the chorus the same, but it changes the meaning, or changing the chorus... Uh, to change the meaning of something else. Yes. And I wanted to try and keep the chorus as much the same as I could, but I had to change the first and the last line to make it work. In a way, in my mind, that kind of does the same thing in a sense. It changes the... You're literally changing the words, so the meaning changes too. Yeah, just trying to keep as much of it as possible the same mm. to sort of show that, well, it's kind of like the thing, like they're not really that different. Mm. Like they're both unhappy. Like different viewpoints, but they both have the same inner feeling about the situation or their own situations, sort of thing. Yeah, and it's all to do with each other rather than, like, you know, going off in a 
big rocket into space or anything like that. Mm. That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about like the fact that they both miss each other. Yeah. I like that. It's a sweet song. Yeah. It um <laughs> it kind of puts me in the same like imagery in my mind as um you know that song I wrote, Winner's Circle, where they leave the planet on the rocket as That's, well? Oddly enough, when I was thinking about the space theme, I thought, like, oh, I can't do this because Roger's already done a song like this. <laughs> Yours is very different, though, but all I'm saying is, like, when I picture the, the, you know, that scenario in my head, I kind of picture the same, I don't know, type of imagery in my head as I do with the other one. The same cast of characters. Mm. Which is kind of like those old-timey films where they go to space... Almost like the silent movie era. I don't have anything I can actually reference, but there's a Smashing Pumpkins video that does it um, for Tonight Tonight, but that is a very niche reference. But um, sort of like, you know, these guys bumbling around on the, on the moon on obviously a fake set. I kind of that being, picture that being the music video in a way. Well, I've just got the first men in the moon uh, in my head now. Like all the imagery from that. Have you ever seen the first men in the moon? It's I can't a, say I have. It's a H.G. Wells story. Mm. Um, it's worth checking out. There's a really good version produced on the BBC a couple of years ago of Mark Gatiss and Rory Kinnear. Okay. Which, um, fantastic version. Try and watch it if you can. Is that a modern version that you just said? Yes, yeah. And is it like an older film? Is there an older version of it too? Yes, but apparently I haven't watched... There's a film that was produced in the 50s, I think, but they really changed it up to okay. make it like a Hollywood... Uh, sort of monster story okay. which the original isn't so much hmm. like um, but check out the BBC version because it sort of it plays with like old fashioned uh, imagery of the moon and everything and it sort of provides a really good justification for why like all of our old imagery of things like that is now changed compared to the fact that we have actually gone to the moon right right and uh, you know things like that is pretty cool Oh, that is cool. I mean, I, I like the idea of using space um, creatively anyway as like a, as an image or a concept. Well, um, you and I are both sci-fi fans, mm, so... That's true, yeah. And um, it's something that actually is touched on quite a lot on John Grant's Queen of Denmark. There's yeah. a lot of sci-fi and space themes used as metaphors for love and you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's, um, it's one of the reasons I love that album so much is that you can tell that John Grant is a bit of a sci-fi nerd. Like the line, I feel it like just like Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver, Weaver when, when she, she had to kill those aliens. <laughs> that is, yeah. I just like the idea of picturing John Grant in my head just sat there on his couch watching Alien. I'm like, that sounds good. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, I think that's all I can think of to say for this song. It's a really cool song. <clears throat> Sorry, thank you. It is a very cool song. And um, I suppose, uh, oh, we should mention our challenge for next week, shouldn't we? Cool. Um, the challenge for both of us this week uh, is to write a song with palindromic chords. Those are two words that I've just made up, so one, I'm going to try and explain it a little bit. So, uh, essentially, having the chords be the same forwards as in reverse. So, for example, say you had a chord sequence, uh, a really short chord sequence that went up C, D minor, E minor, F. It would then have to play the same backwards, F, E minor, D minor, C. And you can make that, you know, the first half of the song, or however far you go into it, uh, as long as you want, but the chords do have to be the same the other side. 
pieces. <laughs> um, as we record, I've actually finished because because oh. we're re-recording this week, so I've already had time to write because we've lost this one. Mm. Um, we're re-recording the episode now. Roger hasn't. Mm. And we're recording on Sunday, aren't we? So yeah, and it's Friday now. So I got I got two days, but we've had different schedules this week, haven't we? Like you're. I'm on my week off. Well, yeah, that's true also, but you're you're taking a trip today, and I've been working all week up until this point, and from now I'm free, so... So you're about to start, yeah. But um, that's such a crazy challenge to, to think about. Um, I think, um, I'm not going to go too far into this, but I'm going to draw a on a piece of paper a pyramid, basically, and just list my chords up one side and list my chords down the other side. That's the only way I can comprehend how I'm going to do this. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> I can tell exactly what you're saying. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we'll be doing that next week. Um, it's a cool challenge. I'm really looking forward to it, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing what you've done with this, because this is the kind of thing you're good at, I think, and I'm not so good at, but it's a challenge. So. Well, you say that. You've yet to hear it. Oh, true. I, sent, I sent you a text last night saying this is probably the oddest and the shortest <laughs> song I have written. It better not just be C, D minor, E minor, F and then back down again. <laughs> it is my song. My is here. <laughs> uh, it's going to be good. Um, but um, I suppose, yeah, that's our challenge for next week. We should wrap up because I'm bursting for the toilet. <laughs> oh, fantastic. All the listeners have heard that now. Oh... Right, so that's it for this week on the Weekly Song Podcast. Uh, cheers for joining us and uh, not being mad at us for posting this a couple of days late mm. and losing the original episode. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, you can uh, get in contact at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, please send us like any songs that you've written, any comments on the show, if you live in the Cornwall. Actually, no, the next one's going to be our last one, isn't it? Yeah, true. Um, Do get in touch with the show, though. I mean, no. if you're interested in being a part of it, I'm sure we can arrange something. We can arrange something, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Like a one-off episode or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, give us a review or a comment on SoundCloud or iTunes. Sorry, excuse me. And they can find Roger Heather at... Um, <laughs> Roger Heather at... Um, uh, Bandcamp, which I think is just rogerheathers.com, isn't That's it? That's it, yeah. And um, on your SoundCloud as well, you can find uh, demos of all of his weekly songs, as well as, um, well, on your Bandcamp, you can buy weekly songs 1 to 14 and 15 to 28. 28, you got it, yeah. Yep, and there's going to be a new one soon, isn't there? Yeah, um, after, once we do the palindromic episode... That's a thing. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to be releasing weekly songs... 30 no 29 to 42 i believe that sounds about right yeah and um so yeah definitely check out that if you like the sound of what you're hearing from me and you where can they find you you've got a couple of songs on your soundcloud as well haven't you yes just search declan kitchener um and uh yeah i've got one or two things on there nowhere near the standard of rogers stuff but uh well you've got produced up stuff yeah demos yeah well yeah Lower your expectations is all I'm saying. Check them out, folks. They're good. All right. I think that's just about it for this week. Yes. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Ta-ra. Ta-ra.
I wish you'd stop ignoring me because you're sending me to despair. Despair. I used to do that song in a band. <coughs> I sang it. I was the lead singer. Oh, really? Did you put on the accent? Oh, I bet that you look right good when you're going mad for it. Ta-da, Chuck. <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, I feel like I would have got my block knocked off. No, I just did my voice, you know. I bet that you look good on the dance floor.
Jesus. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs>